Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They will be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You are encouraged to call in and share your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Are you ready for your dose of hope? You're listening to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining. Jeremy Dunn, welcome. Good to well, talk hello. to you. Good to see. Feels like forever. Good to see. Well, good to see you. <laughs> yeah, good to see you. Yeah, How you been, man? You. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, busy day today. Had a, yeah, had an amazing. Yeah, it's had an amazing Sunday. I mean, it was. I woke up early, about 7:30 this morning, and it was gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful this morning. So Charlie and I, my dog Charlie, who's ignoring me right now because she's tired because she had a busy day too. We got out, at, you know, just early on a Sunday morning. We went to the farmer's market uh, where, you know, it's just, it, and it's an all-year-round farmer's market, so it's pretty cool. And they have, um, you know, just local dairy, uh, fresh fish, um, lots of uh, local farms come in and uh, sell their stuff, so honey and things like that. So I, I picked up a few things, and uh, we were out for a good couple of hours this morning, and then... This afternoon, I went to Ikea and did some shopping. Then I get back, and a friend of mine, he texts me, and he says, hey, there's a street fair going on just, you know, right down the you know, down the avenue from where I live. And he goes, would you like to go, go over and take a look? And I said, sure, why not? So I took the Charlie again. <laughs> Poor thing. I felt bad because we get down to the street fair, and it is, it is I mean, shoulder to shoulder people and uh it's a it was an indian street fair so i mean you've got a lot of saris on sale lots of sari material uh lots of indian food and and just it was very kind of it was kind of cool and my poor dog was freaking out the entire time her tail tucked between her legs she's hugging next to me she goes i don't like this i don't like it so she's we're we're home now and she's um, she's uh, stressed out. I think she got a little stressed out, and now she's she's completely sacked out. So that was my Sunday. It was very active and productive today. How was yours? Well, mine was active, but not so productive. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, you know, just a, a busy week at work. Um, yesterday was my uh, niece's birthday party. She turned six. My niece Abby. Um, She's the one who, um, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, there's lots of photos of me and her. Um, it was, it was, you know, it was a good time. It was good to see family and, you know, celebrate life. It's what it's all about, really, is, is family. And I think this weekend, you know, that's what I, I did. I, I saw my family. Besides going to the gym, I missed the gym two days this week, so I went today. and Slacker. Um, it was good. It was actually good to get back into it. I went I had a hard workout today. I felt good. My... Arms hurt, my chest hurt, my abs hurt, so I'm doing something right. Because <laughs> they're supposed to hurt a little bit. <laughs> so, I don't know, I feel awesome. good. It's, it's been a good week. Oh, that's good. That's great. That's great. So, um, is anyone broadcasting yet? Yes, Coffee Man 64, we are. Refresh. Yes, um, refresh. <laughs> so, I, you know, I say that, and, um, uh, you know, of course, you... He probably couldn't hear that, so right. my my advice to refresh the page fell on deaf ears. <laughs> so, um, oh. what, what else? What else is going on with you? Anything exciting or well, I other than getting I, furniture and stuff? Yeah, I know. For, well, actually, what I did is I got um, pillows and curtains, and I'm going through a chocolate and blue phase right now. So. 
I have chocolate couch, I you know, and everything, and, and then I went and got some blue sheets, and, and th- yeah, so I'm, I I, I call it my blue period. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm revamping positivelyspeaking.com. Yay! Yay! Finally! Yeah, that's and, awesome, actually. And I'm going to start doing a weekly column. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it you know it might not be you know long and everything, but it's at least going to be a weekly column, and uh, and I'm just going to start putting some thoughts down and 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 things like that and see if I can um, have a go at it again. You know, it, it's just it's been I, I've taken way too long and it's been it, you know it, it's just been a, a very long time since I've been able to write something and and now I'm I'm in a good place with me, with myself, that I can start doing mm-hmm. that again. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, you know, I've kind of been MIA as well as, as far as my blogs. And, I mean, geez, if you go to thebody.com, my blog hasn't – nothing has been added to my blog in, like, 10 months. So I, I think I should take that pledge, too, and do something weekly. And like you said, it don't have to be super long. It's just some sort of a post to get, you know, the the, the juice flowing again because I've kind of felt like – I really didn't want to write about anything going on in my life because there's been so much going on, but I didn't want to write about it because I felt like I still needed to go through it. And I think right. I'm at that point now where I'm kind of in a better place and I should start writing again. So, yep. yeah, 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 I'm going to take that yeah. plunge too. Yeah, yeah, see? So we just have to, you know, I, I think what we should do, and since we're, since we're talking about it, we should do it right here on the air and say, Robert, I'm going to get a hold of you in the middle, middle of the week and say, have you started anything? That's right. You know, we and we, we'll, back. we'll support each other in that, in that, in that way. <laughs> That's right. So, <laughs> Paul, you're joining us for the first time here. Uh, we want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we have a great guest coming up. Um, we'll be calling in in a few minutes. Um, but I just wanted to talk about some of our shows that you may have missed um, on the last two weeks. We had some amazing people on. Last week we spoke to Jay-Z who um, lives in Boston, who was uh, sharing his story of what it was like to be an HIV-positive athlete. Um, I believe he plays uh, softball, basketball, and flag football. So he was kind of explaining that and what made him come out to his family and and teammates. And and, and i got to tell you something, Robert, and I don't know Mm -hmm. if he's listening tonight, but I'm sure he'll listen to this. But I I may have a bit of a crush. On Jay-Z? Yeah. Well, you better watch out, Beyonce. I'm coming for you. Uh, you know what? I will take that bitch down. <laughs> so if you missed that, you can catch our, our, our archives on uh, Blog Talk Radio backslash POSIM, or you can actually go to POSIM.com or .org, or you can actually download us free on iTunes. Um, the week before that, I had the um, opportunity to speak with a, a great student out of the University of Houston downtown, Christopher Sharp, who recently had a smear campaign go across campus, outing his status to basically everybody on campus, and he uh, spoke about that, and then before that, we spoke with the fabulous, amazing, most beautiful woman in the world, Michelle Anderson, um, so Who? you can check all them out. <laughs> Don't Who's say Michelle that, she come for you. She will come for you. <laughs> Who's Michelle Anderson? I'm kidding, Michelle. If you're listening, I love you. Yes, so you can listen to all those and many, many others in archives by um, just you know going to our website, pazayam.com. So um, it's interesting. Tonight's guest I actually found, um, as I'm waiting for him to call in, I can tell you how I came across him. You know, there's this wonderful thing that people do with photos, and it's called Instagram. And, Jeremy, I know you're on it. Um, I, I am on it. Uh, and a lot of people are on it. And, it, you know, and it's now a part of Facebook because Facebook bought it, and it allows you to upload your photos and add cool lighting and whatever, texture to your photos and whatnot and it's become a big thing and actually people are using Instagram as a way to you know raise HIV awareness and by using hashtags similar to Twitter um, you know on Instagram you're able to do the same thing and link photos with the hashtags and every once in a while I'll go on and I'll search HIV or AIDS on Instagram and actually I'll pop this gentleman um, who's going to be coming on tonight to share his story and we re- I saw that he had a book out. His name is B. Styles Ortiz, and his book is called Pretty Boy with a House in Virginia, which um, is something that we've, uh, I think, all use that acronym for HIV. Um, I've heard House in Vermont. Um, I'm sure, oh, Jenny, you've heard of House in Virginia before. 
I, I use it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I or or you know, as as we learned at one point in time, the his. Hmm. You have the Yes, I do have a house in Virginia. So that's um, assuming that's where he, he has gotten that from. So he will uh, be on shortly. Actually, I see him on. I'm going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll be back with uh, B-Style Ortiz, the pretty boy himself. So uh, we'll be right back. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good, but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love, and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS, but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS. And we're back live here on Positive Radio. Robert and Jeremy here Sunday, um, the 28th. We're going to uh, bring on our guest. Uh, let's see. Let's welcome B-Style. You're on the show. Welcome, man. How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. Fine. You better be fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. Yeah, I'm great. <laughs> so so, so, are you calling from Brooklyn? Yeah, I am calling from Brooklyn. So, so hey, hey, from Jackson Heights. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> You're just the G train away, baby. <laughs> so, so do you want to be called B-Style? B, how would you like us to address you? Uh, you can call me B. You can call me B-Style. Okay. I like B. B will work I like for the B show. Too. It's, it's easier sure for the sweet. show. Yeah, <laughs> and then I then I'll get you know you know me and names. I I I, I, I can't even pronounce my own. So so B, let, let's let's talk about. Uh, I was talking a little bit about Instagram, and that's kind of how we connected, me and you. Um, tell us a little bit what you do on Instagram because it's kind of a sensation now. Everybody is using this to, you know, to raise awareness or to raise any kind of awareness of whatever. A subject they're talking about. So, what are you doing with Instagram that makes it different? Because you have quite a following. Well, I'm I'm just interacting with all my followers. Um, I'm really just giving them an insight on my life, on living with HIV, and an everyday struggle and an everyday embracement of just living with the virus itself. So, I'm I'm very personal when it comes to any questions anyone wants to ask and. Especially social media, I'm very hands-on with social media. I'm on there all day, every day. If you want to talk to me, you can reach me at um, B South Ortiz. That's B S T Y O I Z O R T I Z. And um, I, I'm very hands-on. I'm bringing awareness to youth, especially um, for HIV, and that's just what I do. Well, I think it's a it's an awesome thing, and you know. Instagram is a great tool to do that. So let's go to the hard, the hard hitting questions. Let's go to the, um, you know, to the beginning. What um, made you go and get tested for HIV to begin with, and when was that? Well, I went and I usually get tested every year, every six months, every year. Um, at this point, at time when I went to get tested, me and my partner was over, and you know, we lived a promiscuous lifestyle, so after not being in a relationship with him, and, yeah, we lived together, and, you know, we did threesomes. We did the whole nine, like, unprotected sex and everything. So I went to the doctor back in 2010, October 2010, um, and when I found out, it was November 2010, November 2nd, 2010. So I went to the doctor just to check on my leg because I have an hemangioma in my left leg, which is a blood clot. Um, and just to check it and also to do my routine um, checkup. And that's when the results came back that I was HIV positive. Now, you said this was in 2010. How old were you then? I was 20 years old at that time. Okay, so 20. That was about the same age as my diagnosis. How educated were you about HIV? Was it something that you were taught in school? Was it something that you knew about? Did you know people that were HIV positive already? Um, I just... I, I didn't know personally anyone that was HIV positive until I came out and told everyone that I was HIV positive. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as education-wise, I was taught the basics and that it's an STD and that's it. I wasn't taught the whole aspect of HIV and how it's transferred from the body and, and things of that nature. 
So as I became diagnosed with the virus itself, I became, I wanted to become more aware and more educated on this situation because I wanted to take care of myself better. So now mm-hmm. that I am going on three years this November, um, HIV positive, I, I, I learned a lot more. When the doctor told you, what were the thoughts that kind of went through your head? Oh, that I was going to die. That was the first thing that came to my head. Like, I had that the back of my mind, because, you know, I, I was young. I was young-minded. I was very immature. At, well, I, I can say for, to an extent, um, as far as the virus. And I had this stigma that um, HIV looks like something. And that's why we started my campaign, What Does HIV Look Like? Because it doesn't have a face. And, um, I, you know, I used to say in high school a lot that, you know, people, I don't know if anyone knows of this terminology of um, the virus looking like, oh, you look like the monster or certain things like that. I used to use that terminology and be very judgmental towards other people. And not knowing what was going on, I just felt that, you know, it was necessary. No, that makes um that makes sense. So how did you, who was the first person you told after, you know, you were diagnosed? Oh, my my homegirl, um, Fatima. She's actually in the book as Red Hook. Her name is Red Hook, um, the book Pretty Boy with the House of Virginia. She's, she's a great friend of mine. Um, the, it was it was astonishing how I found out because when I was walking out, she heard me, like, crying out the window and, like, crying walking to her to her building and, she looked out the window and she told me to come upstairs. And it, it was hard for me to say it, but I just yelled it out because I was in so much pain. Like, I was shocked. How did you tell your family? Because that's always a difficult one to tell either your mother or your father, especially your parents. How did, were you able to tell your family? My family. Well, I told my aunt. Um, she's, like, She's my mom's sister. She's very, she's always been there for me. She's hands-on with me. She calls me like one of her sons. So I told her first, and then I branched out for her to help me explain it to my grandparents and to, you know, other family members. But the book is what really helped me express everything to everyone and just come out to everyone and just tell everyone that I was positive. Okay, so you actually use the book itself as a way to disclose to other people that maybe you didn't tell face-to-face. Yeah, like I, I've always been the type of person that if you're going to hear something about B style, if you're going to hear something about B, you're going to hear it from him before you hear it from everyone else because I want you to hear the truth. You know, I want you to hear what's really going on because I, I tell the real raw deal in the book. Like I tell everything from me living a promiscuous lifestyle to me being promiscuous with drugs, to um, me, you know, my mom passing away from cancer, you know, different tragic events that happened in my life that dealt with, with, um, that made me come to the point and embrace the virus itself because I've been through so much. So it's like, okay, if I can do this, then I can do, you know, anything else. So one of the things that you just you just mentioned um, was was you're you're, you're dealing with drugs. Um, what kind of drugs were you dealing with, um, if you don't mind asking? And do you think that played a part in you, um, your diagnosis? Yeah, um, definitely. And I say that a lot when I speak um, to the youth because a lot of kids start off as they as society calls it the gateway drug of marijuana, and that's where I started off. I started off as doing marijuana, and then from there when I started to date um, the deed, as I um, call him in the book. Um, when I met the deed, me and him, you know, experimented in ecstasy, um, coke, and alcohol in general. And, you know, that did, that did have an effect on me being HIV positive because of the fact that it subsided a lot of my straight thinking, a lot of my focusing and, you know, wrongs and pros and cons, and I wasn't really thinking straight. I was just thinking with the drugs. And so not protecting myself, having sex unprotectedly was the number one thing, doing crazy things as a threesome and not protecting myself 
at the same time. It was just a lot, meeting different people from, you know, different things. If you read the book, you'll find out a, a lot more, but it's just I was doing so much. So the drugs did have a toll on me being diagnosed with HIV, yes. So, so B, this is Jeremy. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, the process that that you went through. I mean, so so uh, just recap this a little bit. You're okay. 20 years old. Yeah. Get diagnosed. You're 23 okay. now. Yeah. You you've been diagnosed for three years. You you decide to write a book. Yeah. Um, let, let's back up and, and tell us a little bit about why you decided to write a book. Well, the book idea was brought to me by my family in general. My family kept pushing that my my testimony needed to be heard, you know, um, before finding out that I was HIV positive. They just continued to stress that HIV, you know, I mean, that my story needed to be heard. So, you know, I... I've always wrote journals down, and my teacher, you know, that I had in um, high school, she used to tell me to write down because it expresses a lot of your emotions. And so as I was writing, all my pain and everything was releasing. So when I found out that I was HIV positive, you know, I, I, I took it into a negative view. So I needed to keep writing in order to become at peace or not at peace at that moment, but just to embrace the situation that I was in at that point, and that was being HIV positive. So that's how the book just developed on its own. So um, where can people get the book? The book is actually available on Nook, and it's available in Kindle, where you can purchase it on Amazon. Um, you also can purchase the book at talk.ishbooks.com. That's talk. That D-A-T-I-S-H, books, B-O-O-K-S, dot com. And you can also check out the Pretty Boy with the House in Virginia documentary, part one and two on YouTube. So it's just a lot that's coming with the book, and I'm just blessed. I honestly can say I'm blessed. Okay. So actually, actually we have a, a question from our chat room. Um, okay. So you, you were keeping a daily journal at, at that point. So is the book a continuation of that journal? Or is the book a continuation of the journal, or the journal is going to be a continuation of books to come? You were keeping a daily journal at that point, right? You were journaling. Mm -hmm. So the question is, is the book a continuation of that journal? No, the book is actually, you know, I, I took all my experiences that I wrote down daily, and I turned it into a book. You know, I, I I impacted certain things that everything from my early teenage years until me finding out that I was HIV positive. And mm-hmm. everything that's in there, is in the Pretty Boy with the House in Virginia, those journals, they're not journals per se, but they're it's, it's written in a conversational tone. So I'm telling okay. my story through my journal. Okay, so, and, and, and and the book is it is it nonfiction or is it fiction? It's nonfiction. So it's nonfiction. So it's really telling your story. And yes, I, I'm assuming. Story. Okay, and and you've protected the names to um, not. Yeah, I I changed okay. all the characters' names that were in my life personally because I didn't want to, um, you know, drag anyone's character. Right. Or slander anyone's name in general. So right. I you know, that's why I also changed my own name, you know, B Salvo That's not my birth name. I'm you know, but that's my stage name and that's my that's who I am. That's B Salvo is a characteristic of the original person that was born. Okay. Okay. That, that that's fair. Um so what? So I have a question. I have a question. Oh. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I just have a since you were talking about your name, and, and I have a question that came to us from Twitter. Um, what? Where did the name actually come from? Well, I I began in 2010. I was starting a production company, which is like 
it was me just playing around with, you know, um, photography work and doing a lot of, casting a lot of models and just taking their photos and things of that nature. So B Styles came from my first name, which is B. Um, I'm not going to say my first name, but my first name is, the first letter is B. Um, Stylese came from a form of style that I just, I changed it around and made it into my own style. And Ortiz is actually my mother's last name. So I wanted to, you know, show her and have her name in her honor because she's, she was a tuberculosis outreach worker for Canva. You know, she did a lot of outreach work and to try to uplift the community. So that's why I use Ortiz as that, as that being my last name. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so, so my, so I, I wanted to kind of go back to uh, the book, and, and so it, you can get it on Nook, it's Kindle, it's um, it's Amazon. So you, you've taken the book experience, and and I believe now that you are doing some speaking. Yes, I've been doing some speaking. Um, Probably a month prior to the book releasing. Okay. So over so, almost over a year. So so tell us about some of your speaking events and what somebody can expect. Well, through my speaking events, I just speak from the heart. I tell everything that you know that I've been through and I experienced. And most of my speaking events, I I address mostly the youth because at this point in time, the youth from 13 to 24, as the CDC states. It's more than um, half um, half percentage of HIV, sorry, of HIV newly diagnosed each year. So I just want the youth to know, and me being in that age range, I want everyone to know that, you know, you can uplift everything. You can go beyond everything. Just exceed where you want to go. You just have to have that dream and have that focus and ambition and as long as you continue to strive and be positive and not try to fit in, because I felt that I was trying to fit in at one point as far as, you know, doing the drugs with my ex-boyfriend at the time. And, I, you know, I just want everybody to know that do what, what you feel is best for you. Don't try to live in anyone else's shoes. And being HIV positive doesn't mean that you're going to die. You, there's many medicines, and, you know, you can just continue to take care of yourself. And as long as your health is well, everything should be good. Oh, okay. So so actually, um, just just one quick other follow-up question to um, okay. the, the journal question that we had. Another question came through the chat room. Um, the question is, are you telling the, the story in the first person? but using pseudonyms in the other characters to protect the identities, including um, yours? I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm using it in the first person. Yeah, I, you know what? I would say that, yeah, I, am used, I, I do speak in the first person because I'm telling it for myself. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not using it in the third person to say that what the beach style is this. No, I, I'm talking as if we're having a conversation right now. Right. Right. So yeah. Okay. So so tell us, give us an insight of uh, uh, of the story that that you're telling here, um, with the book. Uh, give us an idea of the kind of the beginning, the middle, and the end. I mean, uh, I, I understand that it's it's your story. So let's talk about your story. Um, you were you were diagnosed in 2010. Yeah. Um, there were some drugs involved. Mm-hmm. You were trying to fit in. So what happened in between all of that? I mean, so what 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 were the conversations that you were having? What were some of the um what were what were you thinking at the time? And and how has that changed you today? Well, what what I was thinking at the time, and, you know, a lot of things happened because, not to, to say that this is a blame, but as if you, if you watch um, part two of Document, of the Pretty Boy with the House of Virginia documentary, 
Um, my grandmother said it herself. She said that I became free. And I'm saying that I became free after my mom passed away. My mom was very stern. She was very, you know, I was always in the house. And, yeah, I did have, you know, my fun time and did enjoy my teenage years, but she was so um, guarded with me, with all her children, well, well, with her my other two brothers as well. She was so guarded with her children. She did not want them outside in the street to end up doing what I end up doing anyway. Um, but when she became, when she deceased, um, I became numb. I became blinded, dark. Um, like now, just talking about it, I become choked up still because my mom was my world at that point, and, and, and still to this point, like I think about her every day. But when she left, it was just like, wow, she's gone. I don't know what to do. I didn't know what to go left, right, straight, down, up. Didn't know where my direction was. She was the direction. Like I say in my book, she was my backbone. She held me up. And no, I didn't fall completely down because I still have some traits and the things that she instilled in me from raising me. I still have a lot of those things in in me. So, you know, after she passed away, it was just like a, a, a piece of chip was lifted and I can just be free and just spread my wings. So I did become promiscuous and I did everything that I wanted to do. And not per se as the drugs, because I never wanted to do coke, nor did I want to do um, e-pills. But when you're in love, I can say, or more so in lust and blinded by lust and thinking that you're in love, you will do anything in my in my mind and in, in, in that point of time to which, where I was at. No, I, I actually, this is Robert. Actually, I, I agree with you. I kind of uh, can mirror some of the things that you're dealing with, um, you dealt with. How long after your diagnosis did you lose your mother? My mother actually passed away way before my diagnosis. Oh, it was My mother passed away when I was 16, yeah. Okay, so you were so much younger. Because okay, I know, for me, I Yeah, was my mom passed away when I was 16. Then my dad committed suicide when I was 19. So that's what, you know, a lot of tragic events happened. So I became numb. And and this is where a lot of these things opened up and happened. No, it makes sense because, you know, at a young age when, I mean, I, as as a gay guy myself, when I was young, I was very vulnerable. I wanted to fit in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If somebody wanted to have a three-way, you know, that that thought didn't bother me. Like, it was something that I could deal with because I wanted to be a yeah, part of it. I wanted to feel love. And, and a lot of times, mm-hmm. as a young gay male, we associate love with sex. And we kind of get exactly. those two things confused, you know, because sex feels good and we think that that's what love's supposed to feel like. And it's really not because love doesn't feel good all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now I've learned that, oh, I can have sex without love. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, get out, bitches. I'm done. <laughs> There's the so, door. Leave the 20 on the table. I'm done. How is their reaction to the students or the kids when you're speaking to them? Because you're close to their age. I'm assuming you're speaking to kids in high school or college, and you're you're yeah, around close to their age. The so, in high school, yeah. How is how is their reaction to you? How do they take it? Um, they're shocked. They have a lot of questions. They ask a lot of questions. Um, one that makes me laugh is why am I gay? But it's just like okay. Um, they, so what do you they say to that? Know, it, that's my attraction. I'm attracted to guys. It, it, that's just me. Like yeah, I look at a girl's butt, but I don't get attracted. I'm not attracted to a girl. So it, that's my like my my answer to that question. Um, they 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 assume a lot of things. Like um, I remember, I think it was this one student who said that I guess. Somebody she knew was positive, and now they're cure off of some medicine she took over the counter. And I'm like, what the hell? Okay, um, where did they find that pill at? Why doesn't everyone else have it? Um, 
So it was just like they don't know as much, and I'm there to, you know, educate them. I don't know as much, but as I go each day, I learn so much. Even when I go to the doctor, I take a pamphlet and just read it just because I want to know more. And I've so always speaking, been the type to want to help. So yeah. this is my Speaking job. of doctors, how often do you go to the doctors now? And are you? how are your accounts? Like, are you on medications? Yeah, I'm actually on a tripla right now. Um, they're asking me to take Complera. I think that's what it's called, the new one. Um, but I go to the doctors every six months. I don't see the doctor frequently. My I'm undetectable. My CB4 levels are 1,200. Um, Good. And I'm just, I'm healthy. As And when I first started out, my CD4 level was 263. Wow. So for it to shoot up that high, and I kept asking the doctor, like, what what's going on? What's going on? Like, why isn't my, because the first year it was just like 263, 264, 264, 263. I'm like, what? It's not going nowhere. It's just, she's like, don't worry about that. As long as it's undetectable, the viral load is undetectable, that's what we're worrying about. And I was like, okay, but then I don't have enough antibodies in my body to fight off any other viruses. So, but she's embrace, uh, she's educating me more. So, and I'm healthy. And as long as you stay positive, I believe that's a key to any sickness. A positive oh, outlook on things, you're enjoying life, and I'm learning to enjoy life more now. Get out, so, live, love, life. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to I, I wanted to let folks know that we are literally at the bottom of the hour. We're talking with B. Styles Ortiz. We're talking about uh, his story, his book, um, Pretty Boy, and his house in Virginia. And we'd also like to go ahead and open up the lines uh, for folks who would like to call in with any questions or comments for uh, B. Styles. Uh, the phone number is three four seven two one five nine four four two. Again, that number is three four seven two one five nine four four two. So, B, um, what do you plan on? Uh, what do you plan on doing um, now that that you've You've written a book. You've got a documentary out. You I mean you, you, you've done these things. You're, you're speaking. So, what what would you like to do? I mean, you're so young. You're 23. God, I can remember when I was 23. <laughs> you can uh, remember that far back. Shut up. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. I'm gonna. Yeah. I will kill you later. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, so what is it that you would you would like to do? You know, moving forward, going forward in five years, where do you see yourself? In five years, um, wow. I live day by day, but <laughs> in five years, I do. I have a passion for fashion. Um, so, you know, fashion and event planning is my thing. But I want to continue to spread the word for HIV. I might want to open up a, a clothing store and design because I do designing. But um, I like doing what I'm doing right now. And God willing, if I can continue to proceed in doing this, I will continue. I, I'm working right now. I'm working my butt off to continue speaking and, and booking interviews and things of that nature. So... I I just like doing what I'm doing. And if I can continue doing what I'm doing, if I can write five more books and write a, a screenplay that coincides with each book, I, I would do so just to bring light to HIV. Oh, I think it's incredible. A lot of uh, the younger generation um, tend to ignore it. They think it won't happen to them. And I think having somebody like you who puts their face out there and isn't afraid to talk about it is you know, it's something that is refreshing and, and it needs to be done. People of the next generation need to take over and really focus on finding a cure for HIV and bringing awareness to it because, you know, it's it's still something that people think doesn't happen to them. So let me ask you this. How is dating going for you? Okay, I guess. <laughs> well, I think I, wasn't I remember expecting that question to come yet. <laughs> well, well, I think re I think I remember reading on Facebook that you actually are in a relationship with somebody, right? 
Um, not in a relationship. I'm per se um, talking to someone who I've been crushing on for a couple of months now, and it's going pretty well. I guess we're friends right now. It's nothing serious, um, but there's some. It, it's something there. It's potential. Well, that's crushing. cool. But how 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 is disclosure kids in their lingo? <laughs> how how has disclosing the people been for you? Um, it's been good. Before the book, before the book, um, when I found out, you know, I used to do it out of just anger because I was angry at myself, and I just was like, well, I'm HIV positive, and if you don't want to deal with me, then it's okay. And that was just the way I would tell people, but now it's just like, okay, I tell them off the back still, and I just like, okay, I'm HIV positive, and they receive me well. They actually commend me for telling them. Well, I think it takes a brave person to, to to you know say that they're HIV positive to somebody when you know it's such a it puts you in such an insecure position when you're disclosing your HIV status. And I think it's a lot of people find it attractive that somebody is that secure with their status and is able to talk about it and not hide. And surprisingly enough, a lot of people that I've been talking to have been like just that they're with HIV positive also, and I'm like, okay. So you just no, never know what's going on in the world. That's true. So that's why everybody so stays strapped up and gets yeah. tested. Yeah, exactly. Hey, so uh, we have another question in the in the chat room. In the chat, yeah, in the chat. What did I? Yeah, chat room. Um, oh God, I'm losing my mind. Um, it's that old age. Um, <laughs> you actually, said it. I I blame AIDS, dementia. <laughs> um. So once you found out that you were HIV positive, B, did you find that New York was um, had a really good amount of information on HIV and facility availability and support for those who are HIV positive here in New York? Did did you find that as a as a as the right experience or or no? No, I actually, you know, things happen rapidly here in New York City when it comes to them dealing with people who are living with HIV. Um, I can really tip my hat off to Canberra for helping me with my housing situation. Um, my doctor office is wonderful. Everyone, the resources in New York City for HIV are amazing. Like, I wanted to move somewhere else, but then I was like, where can I move and I'm going to get the resources I need to maintain my health as far as my medication, um, you know, the insurance I need to afford the medication because they're over $3,000 um, monthly. And, you know, housing, you know, subsidies because, you know, sometimes I'm sick and I can't make it to work or if I'm laid off because I was sick frequently, you know, Things can happen, and I'm, I appreciate everything, all the blessings that I have right now. I may be stressed sometimes, but New York City has helped me as far as the HIV situation, especially hospital. Okay, great. Cool. I have a question coming from Twitter. Um, before you were diagnosed, would you date somebody who was HIV positive? I don't know. I, I don't even know that answer now. Like, I... I'm not judgmental, nor am I discrim. Uh, nor am I going to discriminate against anyone. But I, I, I don't know. Right now, I'm dating this guy, and I'm not going to. He's, I, he's cool. Like I don't know. I, I don't know if I would date someone that's positive or not. But prior, I didn't date anyone to my knowledge that was positive, besides my, um, the deed. Right. That's a question that um, we get asked a lot um, on the show. And, I, I, you know, it's a question that makes you think because I think I was the type of guy when I was younger, <clears throat> you know, going out to, in the scene and, and dating people, I don't think I would have gave somebody who was HIV positive a second chance. I think I just would have been scared and not have taken the risk. And I think that, you know, now that I am positive, we kind of – my mind is set has changed, and it's more about um, you know finding connection with somebody in the disease like HIV or AIDS isn't something that can stop you from loving somebody or something you should be afraid of. Exactly. 
And especially if we're using, um, you know, uh, treatment as prevention, because, you know, the the transmission risk is so low when it, when it comes to, when you, when you have an undetectable viral load, right? It is so low. And, and I think people really need to understand that. Um, and, and, and that sort of thing. So, so, uh, but still protect yourself. I, I I think you know I I'm one of those people who um, and and this is a controversial opinion. Mm-hmm. So uh, is you know what protection is an individual choice. It is. And and if people if two people or more whoever are there decide not to use protection. That's their decision. Uh, that is that is so true. You know, uh, although we would prefer that uh, you guys to use protection for for everyone to use protection. Yeah. Um, however, we know that these things don't happen. We know that there's alcohol involved. There, you know, when people go home from a bar, you know, they're drunk. You know, uh, maybe there's some, you know some other recreational activity going on, you know. Uh, so so the key thing is not to judge uh, individuals on, on their decisions. And um, it's really to get folks to, I think, uh, deal with the consequence of what happens, mm-hmm. um, good, bad, or, or not, right? Good, bad, or indifferent. And I, I, you know, it, there used to be uh, when I was growing up. God, I can't believe I just said that. When I was growing, <laughs> the, the the big thing was never get a girl pregnant. Yeah, you know, yeah. that 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 was the focus, right? It wasn't, you know, you you're gonna get you know, HIV or you're going to get um, syphilis or something like that. It was, don't get a chick pregnant. That was it. And uh, so so I, I think it, it's, it, it gener- as generations come along, um, we know that that people, in, 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 and I will, I will challenge anybody, this is a this is a formal challenge to my listen to all the listeners out there. Is is <laughs> I challenge anybody who says that they use protection a hundred percent of the time. I don't believe it. I don't. And the reason why I don't believe that is because there's alcohol involved. There's other factors involved. It's oh, but I love you. You trust me. Yada yada yada. You know, it's there's all kinds of things involved. So, you know, it, it, the, the the key thing over prote- over and above protection is being honest with your sexual partners. Mm-hmm. That's the key thing, yeah. and and then you can uh, then you can uh, uh, navigate and negotiate how to have sex after that. Yeah, and and that's the world according to Jeremy. That's that's Jeremy's opinion. It is not the opinion of Pause and AM Radio or um, anyone else. But it's Jeremy's opinion. And no, because and, Secrets may purchase the house in Virginia. Exactly, and that's one of my blogs. <laughs> yep, we all, you know, those of us who have the his, you know, <laughs> I. I and, and, and it's just it, it we all and, and I have to say we all have to take personal responsibility for our actions. You can't blame somebody else for some for something that's happened to you. And I always and and I say this almost every week. And and Robert will probably agree with me. Is I say this almost every week is um never ever ever put your health your sexual health in somebody else's hands. Be the be the person to step up and say something. 
don't don't anticipate that your sexual partner is going to admit to you that they have herpes or syphilis or you know genital warts or you know chlamydia or gonorrhea. They're not going to admit those admit those things. But if you take the responsibility for your own health and say, hey, you know, I, I just wanted to let you know that I'm HIV positive, blah, 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 or, you know, I'm herpes positive, blah, 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 or I'm this, I'm that, I'm what, you know, whatever, whatever it, it might be, you're taking control of your own health, and now you're, now you're allowing the other person to, um, to, dis- to talk to you about their health. And, and that's, I, I, and I think that's the way it should work. So, anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> no, you, um, you're making sense. You know, we all have to be responsible for our own sexual health. That's the way that Absolutely. works. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, what are, what are some of your thoughts on, um, let's talk about some headlines that we recently had that you may have heard. Um, what are your thoughts on some of the HIV criminalization laws? Oh, I haven't heard of them. <laughs> I don't really look into the blogs as far as what's going on in the world because I I I don't even have a TV in my house to keep it real. Like, so basically, like what they're doing is they're they're passing laws in states that are basically requiring people who are living with HIV to disclose their HIV status or go to jail. Well, I don't agree with that. I mean, there's a I lot don't think of. They, uh, I don't think they should. Well, you know what? I'm gonna be flippy floppy on that situation, actually, because in a sense, I did feel that way when I first found out. Because, you know, I like he like Jeremy said, I believe, like Jeremy said, um, you know, you can't blame no one else for what's going on, what happened to you. You can't blame no one else. You have to take accountability for what you have done. So I used to blame the deed for transferring me and contract and giving me the HIV virus because he knew a year prior to us dating. Right. So I used to blame it on him. But then again, within me dating him and me not dating him, we were living a promiscuous lifestyle and not having protective sex. So that's a lot on myself also. So I had to take accountability for that. So I'm going to be flippy floppy with that one. I did want him to go to jail, but then I'm, um, you know, it, it, it makes no sense, you know. People but I mean, have there's, to there's even. Their life. I can understand that because you know, in your situation, HIV was transmitted. But there's been cases across the United States where, say, somebody like myself who is HIV positive is undetectable on medication, you know, um, and had unprotected sex with somebody else and did disclose. Right or or is it Jeremy or is it not disclosed at the time? Who hasn't disclosed? And and might I add, used a condom. <laughs> they were using a condom at the time. I, I believe somebody just served seven years for that. Oh wow! So condoms aren't the save all that we. I mean, we're really criminalizing being HIV positive. Is what's going yeah. on? Yeah. Because yeah, you should do a blog on that. I should do a blog on that? No, not I you. Uh, B, no, oh. B should do some <laughs> research on it and, and really, you know, and check it out because it's something that's going to affect him moving forward in his life. So Absolutely. Uh, we're actually, wow, I can't believe we're down to the last, like, five minutes. B, uh, just uh, two days ago, you had an event on the 26th. Yeah. Um, what was that? Um, it was that. actually um, my team, PBHIV. Um, we are walking for the AIDS walk up in New York City, um, May 19th. And we were just raising funds. It was an open bar at Sidebar, and we were raising funds um, to donate to the AIDS walk up NYC. And we raised almost $200, which I'm really appreciative for, because last year when I did my uh, fundraiser, we only raised like $15, which a dollar, anything is helpful. So I'm just grateful for the excelling that I am going within my HIV career and active and being an activist. So that's what that event was about. It was just raising right. funds for the AIDS walk. 
Cool. Well, we are actually down to the last few minutes, so B, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Again, uh, throw out your um, where people can contact you on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and then also where people can uh, purchase your book. Yeah, you can um, reach me at Twitter or Instagram at B Styles Ortiz. That's B S T Y L I Z O R T I Z. Or you can order my book at Pretty Boy with a House in Virginia, which is available on Nook, Kindle, Amazon. And talk that is books. That's d a t i s h b o o k s dot com. That's talk that is books. And you can reach me on Facebook at author b face diaries or Great. Actually, we have a caller, so let me uh, hold you on for one more minute there, B, and let's okay. see if this caller uh, has a question for you. Area code four zero seven. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is David. Hi, David. How are you? Do you have a question for B? I'm, well, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I did, and to you guys, you kept on talking, and y'all were saying most of about everything that I was had to say. So, but right now, the only thing I got to ask is there's two things really not I can think of. The first one is in the gay community when you came out being HIV positive, did you get shunned away from a lot of people? Or? You get accepted from a lot more people for being coming out with being HIV positive. I'm sorry, did I did I what? I didn't hear you. Did, did you get shunned by the gay community when you came out HIV positive? Because sometimes the gay our own community is the biggest critics when we come out publicly or come out to a, a group of people. Have you had any kind of rejection from the gay community? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't at all. My friends are very supportive. Everyone has been supportive and. People I do know in the gay community have also been supporters, so I have no no rejections. Great. Did you have another question for him real quick? Because we got about like a minute. The last thing is, since he said he was, you know, all about fashion, when he ever does come up with something, can you do like a blog or can you a Facebook page that's a like about what you would like to, you know, work on? Yes, I will be doing that. Um, everything will be coming out soon. Cool. Well, thanks for calling into the show, man. Thank you. Thanks Goodbye. Bye bye. All right, people. You have yourself a great night, and um, I'll catch you on Instagram. All right. Cool. Talk to you later. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Have a good one. Bye. All righty then. Again, for more information on tonight's guest, you can go to his website by going to www.bstylesortiz, that's B-S-T-Y-L-I-Z-O-R-T-I-Z.com, and uh, talktatishbooks.com for his book, uh, Pretty Boy with the House in Virginia. What a crazy young man, 23, to be able to talk about living with HIV after three years. It's it's incredible. I know, it, it really is, and, 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 you know, I commend him for writing a book for, I mean, my God, I, I've been in positive for much longer than that. And I'm way older than he is, and I still haven't written a book. Here's a question coming out of the chat room from Coffee Man. If you're HIV positive and are undetectable, and you say that you are, say that the undetectable status is virtually non-transferable, why should you be put in jail if the risk is very low? Should someone be put in jail for other sexually transmitted diseases? And my so, opinion is if you're going to strike me with the law, you got to strike everybody with the law. Well, here's the thing. Um, the uh, the issue is is that they look at uh, HIV as a terminal illness, and it's a um, and then you are uh, it's assault with a deadly weapon versus uh, you know chlamydia or, or or syphilis or things like that because it can all be cured. So mm-hmm. that that's that's their thought process. It's all ignorance. And people should just stay out of the bedroom and stop legislating from a morality point of view. Let's just talk about right and wrong. Let's get an That's amen right. up in here. Amen. <laughs> All right. We are at the last minute. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. You can join us all live next week here. For more information on Jeremy, you go to his fabulous blog and website, PositivelySpeaking.com, for more information on myself. And past radio shows, uh, you can go to POSIM.org. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And, Jeremy, I'll speak to you next week. That's right. We'll be here next time, same bat time, same bat channel. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. Figured I spit it like I actually have HIV. That way people will listen. 
500,000 people just died from it, and awareness is what I stand for. With that HIV, with that HIV, get tested, make sure you're not infected. With that HIV, with that HIV, wrap it up, don't be like me. Was in my breast, thinking about my.